Welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living. Are you enjoying this outdoor summer series with me? I have been recording most of my summertime episodes outside. So you might hear the crows in the background. You might hear the fountain in the background. You might hear some planes, some lawnmowers. Whatever it is, I've taken you outside with me to enjoy the season. And that's what we do here in the Pacific Northwest. We enjoy all the outdoor moments when we can because they are fleeting. I know that soon enough in October, maybe November, the rain is going to start and it's going to be big and it's going to be constant. And so you're here with me in my outdoor office and I'm so glad you're here. For the last couple weeks, we have been talking about limiting beliefs, where to start, getting you out of stuckness and into action in creating a home that you love. We did a three-part series where we talked about where you could be on the continuum of starting. You could literally be at the very beginning, stuck in this mindset that you and your husband will never compromise, or you just don't think that you're going to have enough money ever to create the home that you love. Maybe your kids are the roadblock. Whatever it is, there's a roadblock that is keeping you from creating a home that you love coming home to. And then we moved on to talking about those of you who are already, you are ready to create action and change in your home's design. You're ready to make it functional for you and not only functional, but beautiful too. You're ready to throw open the door to those who you want to invite in and you're not embarrassed about it. You want to invite them in and you want to create a lovely space that says, this is a reflection of me. My home, I want it to look like me and my family. I want it to tell my family's story. And you are ready to dive in and you just literally want the roadmap. Where do I start? And then there are some of you who have started. You've made the decisions, you've put down some money, you've started making some of the changes and you've hit some sort of roadblock. And that roadblock is now where you're stuck. You are thinking, okay, what do I do next? How do I get unstuck? I've gotten a great start, but oops, I've hit a snag. How do I get out of that? You could be anywhere on that continuum of starting, but one of the things I've noticed in my years of experience working with either home staging clients or home decorating clients, or speaking to those of you who have not yet taken the leap, who are still in that very first phase of where to start, I have noticed that one of the most common things I hear over and over again is, I don't think I have the money in order to make the change. And that's where this new series is coming into play. Last week, I introduced to you this idea of me redoing my janky laundry room on a $400 budget so that I could illustrate to you that real design can happen on a limited budget. It can. $400 is not a lot of money. It just isn't. Of course, I also know in the same breath that you might have to save for it. And that's okay too. But in the the grand scheme of things, $400 isn't a whole lot. And some of you might be thinking, but but real design can't happen in $400. Real design is, you know, what, what real change can happen in $400 is probably at the back of your minds. And I'm wanting to show you and I'm wanting to illustrate that actually, if you know how to spend your money, where the biggest impact change is going to happen, that change can happen and it doesn't have to cost a lot. So if you have joined me on this series, I'm so glad. And if you're just hearing about this and you're thinking, what is she talking about? If you are on my newsletter list, you are receiving updates. You're receiving every couple day updates of 
new videos that show you the process, show you the progress of turning this janky laundry room into something that is not only more functional for me and my family, but beautiful too because it just wasn't. And I'm doing it all on a $400 budget. So in this episode today, I'm going to be giving you a progress update. I'm going to be talking to you about how I chose the laundry room out of all the other rooms in the home, how I am able to make those decisions that are going to be the biggest impact first, and how I am making my decisions and Um, doing it all within that little minimal budget. So if you'd like to see the progress transform in almost real time, make sure that you're checking your emails. And if you don't get them yet, make sure you email me and say, hey, what's up? I want to know what's happening with your laundry room. Let me know. We are doing things like creating our own art, creating our own pendant lighting, of course, doing stuff with the walls, but something with the floors as well. And it's, and not only that, but we're building things too, all with $400. So join me, join me on the journey. It's going to be a good one. All right. Enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted. And now the message is home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget. And I learned a few things along the way like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style. Where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. When I was thinking about choosing a room to redesign this summer, I did have a few on my list. I could have started with the living room and redone the sit-in desk area there. I could have continued on the downstairs bathroom, done my master bathroom, gone to the boys' bedrooms, or the laundry room. Really, I I have a long list of things that could be redone or touched up, but the laundry room met a certain criteria. Now, if you have listened to that Where Do You Start series, you know the questions I asked myself. I always start with, which room do I spend the most time in? Which room do I host the most people in? And which room drives me the most bonkers? Now, I know I spend quite a bit of time in the laundry room. I do. I have, there's five of us in the family and we all work out. So that's a lot of laundry. Not to mention, we use cloth napkins, we change sheets, we wash bedding, we wash the towel. I mean, you know, the the home stuff. There's laundry to be done. And if I'm not doing laundry at least two to three loads a day, I'm behind. So I definitely spend time in there. Do I host people in that room? (laughs) That's funny. The, the image in my mind is funny. No, I don't host people in there. In fact, my laundry room is rather small and maybe I could be in there with one of my kiddos comfortably, but not really more than that. I could, but we wouldn't really be doing much other than packing sardines in a can. And then the question of, 
does the room drive me bonkers? And I want to dive into that. I want to dissect that question just a little bit more because bonkers is a really generic term and it can mean something different for everyone. But my answer to that was resounding, yes, the room was driving me bonkers. Here's why. Bonkers to you could look like it just is, it's not pretty. It's quite frankly, ugly. You don't like it. It has, maybe it's outdated. Bonkers to you could look like it is cluttered. Maybe it is not furnished enough. Bonkers to you could look like decisions that were made that you weren't confident in, like how to hang art or where to place furniture. Bonkers to you and bonkers to me in this case was it doesn't serve me well. The room doesn't serve me in the way I needed it to. And I'm going to talk to you about how that service, what that, what I need the laundry room to do for me and why it is that I chose the laundry room and how it is I'm going to make that transformation. But a lot of times when we're working on any room design, we do need to ask ourselves that question. Does your, does your home or does your room or does your area, whatever, whatever part you're working on, does it serve you? If you are working for your area, your room, your home, more than it is working for you, it doesn't serve you. I do have a quick survey, a quick uh, quiz where you can ask yourself that question. There's a series of questions I walk you through to let you know and to help you understand if the room that you're thinking about redoing or the room that you're wanting to redesign is serving you or not, if that, if it truly does serve you or not. And that's a consideration that should not be overlooked. So what does it mean for me? Let me tell you a general idea of what the layout of the room is. Now, if you are following along in this video series and opening the emails I'm sending because you're on my newsletter, awesome. You're going to see that tomorrow. You're going to see what it looks like in the original state. But here's what happens. It is a pretty small room. I don't even know the measurements, but you open the door. It's on the second floor. You open the door and you see on the far wall, the washing machine and you see the dryer. There's enough space in between the dryer and the door for a hamper that is a triple hamper. How I currently had it or how I did have it was the first little hamper was for white clothing. The second one was for darks and the third one was for towels. Now, When we moved in 11 years ago, this is when we got that hamper and my kiddos are, my kiddos are super smart. They are lovely. They are smart. They figured out the towels bin, of course, but they really could never figure out whites versus darks. And oftentimes what I would do when I went to go do the laundry was I would find whites and dark grays and blacks and reds. I would find it all intermixed within each one. And because someone put a red and a white hamper bin, it would mean that the next person who came into the room would do the same thing. And I ended up sorting the laundry before I ever washed it. A couple years into um, having this laundry bin and, and realizing, okay, they're little, they need to learn. I decided to put a laundry hamper in their bathroom and then one in our in our closet, Greg's in my closet. And so I'm collecting dirty laundry there. I'm collecting it already in two places. And so in this laundry room redesign, as I'm thinking how this room can serve me, 
I realized that actually what I don't need is more places to store dirty clothes. I don't need that. What I was finding is that my, my problem isn't in doing the laundry. My problem is in getting the laundry put away. So here's what this looks like. Each child has their own laundry basket and Greg and I have a laundry basket to share. When those are not in use, they sit on top of the dryer and as their clothes are coming out of the dryer, I sort the clothes into each child's laundry basket and then they're responsible for putting it away. That has been happening for the last several years. Maybe when Charlie was six, he's now 11, so about five years. And what I've been noticing is in those five years-ish, those um, laundry baskets generally sit in the hallway until the kiddos put them away. Now we do in our home, we do have daily chores and this is one of them. If they have laundry in their basket, they need to put it away. But having laundry bins in your hallway isn't necessarily ideal. I don't necessarily love it. And when they're done with them, they have been then putting their clothes away, putting the laundry um, laundry basket just back on the hallway floor <laughs> instead of back on the washer where we were holding it, where we were storing it. I also noticed in my laundry room that we had one of those wire shelves, shelving units, and it was just one long wire shelf and it was really high. They hung that really high and I'm, I'm pretty tall and I have an obnoxiously long arm span so I can reach it just fine. It helped in all those years of playing college basketball, all those years of, of sports. It helped a lot. And it definitely helps little old ladies when I'm at the grocery store getting things off the top shelf. <laughs> but in the laundry room, it's a little bit impractical. That's where I have the bleach. That's where I have some extra cleaning supplies. That's where I have, you know, the things. And if I wanted my kiddos to be able to use that space or use to grab the, the mop stuff, they would have to climb on top of the washing machine. Now, as they're getting older, not so much, but you can see how that shelf was just not the best placement and a little bit underutilized by the kiddos who might need to use it. Now, as you know, we've, we've adjusted and I could always put a stool in there in order to reach that, but it just was, it's just not efficient. It's not, it's not the best use of space. And I am a big proponent of going up rather than out when you're trying to store things. If you have unutilized space, go up. In this case, it's just not, it's not easy. And so that is part of the consideration as I'm thinking about how this room is serving me. The too high shelf and the laundry bin, the triple laundry bin that I don't really need to store dirty clothes. What I need is a place to store the clean clothes so that they are not in the hallway until the end of the day when the kids come home and they put their stuff away. I needed the room to work a little bit better for me. Not to mention, and that's just the service part, but not to mention um, how pretty it is. When I walk in there, it is not inspiring. And I know pretty can be a very fluffy word. Pretty can be a very just surfacey word, but I think there's something to be said when you design a space that you enjoy going into, even if it is the laundry room. 
I spend a ridiculous amount of time going in and out of that laundry room. I do. It's just the reality of my life until my kids are grown and gone. I have three children and my husband and I, so that's five, and we have laundry. They have the outfit they they wear during the day and they all are in a sport and Greg and I work out. So we are constantly having sweaty clothes to add to the already daily clothes. Throw in pajamas, throw in cloth napkins because we do the cloth napkin thing, throw in the bed sheets when we need to, the towels, throw in the, the dog blanket, whatever, and we have piles of laundry to do constantly. And I don't have the luxury of having a laundry day. I just don't. If you have a laundry day, awesome. I, that is so amazing. <laughs> but if I did that, I would be drowning in laundry. And my kids would hate me because their laundry would, they would have so much to put away at the end of that laundry day. So I just do a couple loads a day. A couple loads today, a couple loads tomorrow. That's how we run it in our, ha- in our home. And it's super, it's a system that works well for me. But the system and the storage solution in the laundry room wasn't helping me with what I needed. That was really the, the thing that was the bonkers issue. The inefficiency of the way that my room, it's already small space, but the way that it was laid out and the too high shelf and the storing dirty laundry, that drove me bonkers. So what am I doing? I'm focusing my energy on recreating the space to serve me better, to work harder for me than I am for it. What does this look like? This looks like me, first of all, choosing the room, which I've done. It also looks like me setting aside a a budget, a starting budget. And I say starting budget, not because I want to automatically overspend. That's not why, but because I know that there's some flexibility in the way that I can, the way that I can spend my money. I might not spend all 400, the way that I can use things in my own home and the way that I might be able to earn a little bit of extra cash in order to amplify the minimal budget. I will be talking about that and sharing my plan in my newsletter series. I will be sharing that because I'm hoping that what I'm eliminating from my room, I might be able to sell and recoup about $40 is my goal from the things that I don't need that were in the laundry room. Duplicates, that triple laundry hamper, an extra iron, things like that. Now, the other thing I'm, I'm noticing too in my room is that I had a really large garbage can and it was fine. It meant I didn't have to take out that garbage unless it was like once a month or so but I don't need a ginormous garbage can when the floor space, the real estate that it takes up in that limited floor space is so severe. So I'm eliminating that. I'm getting rid of it so that I can have more room in order to do the laundry in the room that I have. Okay, so that's the idea behind why I chose that room and the bonkers issue, the thing that was driving me bonkers about it. So what am I gonna do about it? I set my $400 budget And I said it because I'm not interested in, I I don't need new equipment and I don't need to redo flooring and I don't need to redo the light. So I don't need the big pieces. I'm setting a realistic budget because I don't need those big pieces in order to accomplish the goal that I'm setting for, 
for the room. I need the room to work harder for me. And what I need is a, an additional or not additional. I need a storage system that, that works well. So my budget is realistic. It is also allowing me the opportunity to illustrate to you guys how, how it doesn't take a whole lot of money to make dramatic change. This, this laundry room is going to be a dramatic change. And I really hope that if you are at all curious that you will subscribe to the newsletter so that you can see the transformation just for the transformation. It is going to be dramatic. And to give you an idea of some of the things that I have laid out for it and how I'm spending my $400, we will go into a little bit more um, the process of where you spend your, your money. But what I'm planning on doing is, of course, changing the color of the walls. I'm planning on building a shelving unit so that it's a little bit more efficient for me. I'm planning on putting a tabletop on top of the washer and dryer so that I can have, um, if I need to have something sit on top, I can have it sit on top. I'm going to have change out the boob light. You know those, those builder grade lights that look like boobs. Yep. I said it. I'm changing that out without changing out the whole light fixture. So I'm going to be adding something, um, visual interest to make it look like it's a different lighting system. I'm, and then I'm making it pretty. I'm adding art and I'm adding some fun things in there that make it look inviting. Does my laundry room need to be inviting? No, it was perfect, perfectly functional in the janky state that it was in. It was functional. I have a, I'm blessed with a washing machine that works and I'm blessed with a dryer that works. They were doing the job for me. But because I spend so much time in there doing laundry, I want it to be a room that I don't want to shut the door on. I don't want to go in, come out and grumble because the broom tipped over. So I'm making it pretty as well. And I'm doing it with that limited budget. Now, when you, and I have been saying this for the last year, when I say, you know, really change can happen if you know how to spend your money and it's all about the biggest impact change first everyone get out a piece of paper get out a piece of paper get out your notebook and I'm going to have you write down these things what I mean by that the biggest impact change is most likely going to be now this is of course it's going to be different for each home and each room and each space but most often it will be the foundation and the foundation of your home in your room is the flooring and the walls. Now I know realistically speaking, I cannot change my flooring with a $400 budget. I could, I actually looked at like, um, some vinyl tile prints and I looked at just some vinyl paneling and I could have done it for about a hundred dollars. Cause remember my laundry room isn't very big. But I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to have to remove the washing machine and the dryer. And so what does that leave? That leaves the walls. The walls is a, it's a dramatic foundational piece enough that if you change it, it is going to change the landscape of the room. It's going to change what you see, the viewpoint of what you see. That doesn't always mean paint. Of course, that's a really, really great start. Sometimes it can mean texture. Sometimes it can mean adding shiplap. By the way, 
shiplap is not gone. Shiplap is still here to stay and you can still be really, um, you can modernize it. It doesn't have to be Joanna Gaines shiplap. It can be black shiplap. It can be dark gray shiplap. It can be blue, what, whatever it is, but it, it is still very much a thing. Um, but other texture on your walls, maybe board and batten, maybe wainscoting, maybe a picture ledge, maybe a, maybe wallpaper. And of course, again, I looked at wallpaper and I actually had one picked out and I was super excited about that wallpaper. And then I did the math. And even with my small laundry room, the, the wallpaper was going to be something that was a little bit more significant for my price, price point. And again, this is not a main space. It's not. This is a room that I go into most in my family. It's a room that the boys go into occasionally, but it's this room transformation, if I'm being really honest, is for me. I don't need it to be, I don't need it to be presentable for guests. I am DIYing a lot of things in this space in order to keep cost down and I am a perfectionist. So as I am revealing some of these projects that I'm doing, this isn't kindergarten art that I'm doing. This isn't kindergarten project. This is, this, this is quality. And I am taking my time and I am putting my best effort into it, even though it is not presenting itself to the guests that are coming over, but because I want it to look like it was not done DIY. Does that make sense? Okay, did you write that down? The biggest impact change that you can make in a room starts with the foundation, flooring and walls. Sometimes if you change both, awesome, amazing, dramatic impact. Sometimes if you just change one, dramatic impact. And remember, it doesn't always have to be paint, though paint, of course, is going to be the most cost-effective way that you can bring about that dramatic change. Here's though where it gets a little bit tricky. Before you choose how to change the foundation of your room and your room's redesign, you need to hone in on your aesthetic. That's the one part that I am not sharing in this video series through my newsletter. I'm not sharing that. That's work that I've already done and it's something that I, is so in tune with, with who I am that it is now a part of my story. My aesthetic is very much me and it is resembled in every room you walk into. And the laundry room is no different. But before you can make the paint color choice, before you can choose a color palette that is a color palette that you love, before you can choose flooring, if you're going to be choosing flooring, understanding what your aesthetic is, is paramount. And you really can understand it just by paying attention just by paying attention to the things it is that you like and you gravitate towards. Or you can learn how to understand your aesthetic, really identifying the design elements that you gravitate towards over and over again so that it becomes fluent to you, so that when you go shopping, you choose efficiently and effectively, so that when you design, you choose effectively and efficiently. And you can learn that in my Pinterest 101 Pinning with a Purpose course. I'll put the link in the show notes below so that you can check it out. And if that's for you, wonderful. All right. Until next week, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. 
And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.